Hey, welcome to the second installment of the Inez Says Pod. Appreciate you being here. I um, I told you in the introductory pod earlier this week that we're not going to shy away from the difficult topics. I actually got a message from a friend who listened to the first pod and he said, okay, give us your thoughts on what's going on in the country right now with Black Lives Matter and with the March for Social Justice and all the rioting and the protests and the violence going on in our streets that we see in Portland and Seattle and some other cities, New York City. And when I began this, I promised you I would hit on those tough topics. I didn't expect this right out of the gates. <laughs> Why not? Typically, I'm, I'm going to have an interview with a newsmaker on this podcast, but I thought, okay, why not begin with such a, a very complex and hard-hitting topic? So let, let's go ahead and tackle it. Uh, I'm, I'm going to tell you what I think of what we've seen in our country since that horrific death of George Floyd in Minneapolis back in late May. It's hard to believe that it was late May. I, it really is. I mean, it in a way, it it seems like yesterday and in a way it, it, it seems like a year ago, but I, it, it was late May that that actually happened there in Minneapolis. And as we all know, it touched off a firestorm that we have seen in our nation for the last three months, complex issue. Yeah. So many levels. And, and you got to start with the, the, the issue that, that touched off all that we're seeing right now. And, and that's the death of George Floyd. Horrific. Horrific. Don't care. Good guy, bad guy. Resisting arrest on drugs. Doesn't matter. For that officer to hold his knee on that man's neck for nearly nine minutes was, at the very least, so unnecessary, at the very most murderous. That will be up to a jury. From what we have seen, though, there is absolutely no excuse for holding down that man with a knee on his neck for nearly nine minutes. So, with that said, what what has followed after George Floyd's death has been an absolute firestorm. It, it, and it, uh, look, it's a very complex firestorm, uh, a firestorm that has been clouded by these radical left wing groups like Antifa hijacking this social justice march. I mean, that's what has happened. Now, let, let's talk a little bit about social justice. I'm all for it. I mean, that that goes without saying, right? We, we all should be. For social justice. I don't know anybody in my life. I don't know anybody who doesn't want justice for all in this country. I love this nation. I want everybody living in this country to love it as much as I do. I'm a white dude. Okay. So I don't know what it's like to be black. I, I have black friends who tell me, but I don't know what it's like to be black. And some of the stories that they tell me, quite frankly, make the hair on my head even curlier than it is. I mean, I, I have a few friends who grew up in the South and the stuff that they put up with back in the day. I, look, I understand. I get how people can be scarred for life going through some of those, those racist situations that they did. So I get that. I understand that. And having covered the NBA for a long time, I've seen it. I've seen it up close. I've heard of, of many, many stories, you know, the whole driving while black thing is a very real thing out there. I've never experienced obviously as, as, as a white dude, but you know, every time I've gotten pulled over the, by the police, it, it's been warranted. Uh, it's been a warranted speeding ticket. I haven't gotten many of them in my day, but it's been warranted. 
having spent a lot of time over taking your phone calls over on our our former station ESPN 580 here at Cox Media Group uh, it, it was a privilege to take those phone calls. We had a lot of great black listeners and they would call in and tell me their stories. Is there racism in America? Yes. Yes. And, and I think you're blind uh, to, to say that there is not. Is there systemic racism? Look, I think it's prevalent. I don't think it's systemic. And every time I hear the word systemic, it's like it's like nails on a chalkboard. I, I don't think it's systemic in our police departments either. And some of you may be rolling your eyes at that, but look, there are bad apples all over the place. Bad apples in our society, bad apples within police departments, bad apples probably within every police department. But I do believe that 99% of our police officers are sound, good folks who just want to do their job and, and go home to their family every night. Look, as a society, do we have to do better? Yeah. Yeah, we do have to do better. But here's the issue that really, when I hear it, I, I talked earlier about nails on a chalkboard. The movement that we're seeing right now, whether it's Black Lives Matter, who we'll get to, and I'm, I'm sure we'll get to in other podcasts, or just the movement in general, the, the, the social justice movement in general. And I'm not talking about, and I'm not talking about Antifa here and the riots and the looting and all the nonsense that we're seeing all over in America. W what I resent, whether it's clearly stated or insinuated, is having people call me a racist when they don't even know me when they don't even know me or that i have racist tendencies i i must i, I must have racist racist tendencies because i'm i'm an old american white dude and, and by the way I, I do think there is a portion of our society that believes that the american white male is the source of all evil in the world and i resent that too i resent that because for me, I, I and, and for a lot of white dudes that I know, a lot of friends that I know, all we've tried to do is put our heads down, be good people, and in my respect, be a good Christian, put my head down, work hard to put food on the table for my family. You go to church, you put the envelope in the basket. I've strived for the best for, for my family. I've tried to do good in our community, and yet the message is I'm a racist. I must admit, I'm a very open-minded person. I don't feel like I have all the answers. I like to learn from people, both from the left and the right. Former Magic head coach Stan Van Gundy, I greatly look forward to hearing from Stan. Now, Stan is left of Gore Vidal, but I love speaking with him because he's smart. He has strong beliefs. I don't necessarily agree with all of his political beliefs, but he's engaging and I listen to him. We got to start listening, man. We got to start listening. That goes for each side of the political aisle. Yeah, yeah, I, I do resent the movement, if you will, singling me out and other people like me as being racist just because I'm a white male. It's just not the case. But in terms of listening, let's talk about the national anthem controversy for a little bit because it's amazing. Like, you know, a year, two years ago, most of the nation believed in standing for the national anthem. And now today you stand for the anthem and, and at least in the NBA's case, you become a social media pariah. Just look at Jonathan Isaac of the Orlando Magic. I, I had so much respect for J.I. before he stood for the national anthem. I have oodles of respect for him now. But here's a kid who, at least on social media, uh, was canceled because he, he stood for the national anthem. Are you kidding me? I listened to those who called in and told me why they agree with you know, kneeling for the national anthem. And we got a lot of those phone calls. 
look, I wanted to listen and I wanted to understand the rationale. And, and as much as I can, I, I wanted to understand the pain of the people of color, especially that they experienced and have experienced and maybe still experiencing in their lives. I, I empathize with that. I get it to a certain extent. You don't believe America has lived up to the ideals brought forth by the anthem and by that flag. I empathize with that. Okay. But we got to listen and listening has to go both ways here. I listen to Colin Kaepernick. I listen to, to others who, who are kneeling for the national anthem. Shouldn't this be a two way street? Like well, hear my story too. And it, and it has nothing to do with being a racist. Like here, here's why I stand proudly for our national anthem. Not that I think my country is perfect. No country is, but you look at what the flag represents. It's that ideal, the, the, the ideal that we're constantly striving for the grand American experiment. I mean, my, my great grandparents on my mother's side, my father's side came to America with a dream. My mom's side from France via Canada, my dad's side from Syria, they came with a dream. And that dream was to raise their families with, without tyranny, to raise their families with hope for a better life, which we have. Every family's dysfunctional. I certainly have some dysfunction in my family, but um, we came here with a dream and we're living that dream right now in the greatest country in the world. That's my story. Can we listen to one another? That's why I stand for the national anthem. Do you understand that? Again, we, we got to start listening and, and stop canceling, stop being salty. We got to start listening. This has to be a two-way street. And the, the, the Drew Brees story was a fascinating one to me because I've always had a lot of respect for Drew Brees. You guys know I'm a big sports guy. I love what Drew Brees has done in his career with the New Orleans Saints. He will be a Hall of Famer in the very near future. Off the field has given a lot of himself. He's given a lot of his money, a lot of himself to make other lives better with all the work he does with charitable organizations in that New Orleans area and outside the area. So that that's a good dude, man. That's a good dude. But a few months ago, Drew Brees was caught in the midst of that firestorm when he comes out and criticizes kneeling for the national anthem. And, and then, of course, what happened after that? He quickly backtracks. He apologizes multiple times and all of a sudden sees the light. Drew Brees was being canceled before our very eyes until he did all that backtracking. Why apologize? Why apologize? That's how you feel, man. You're proud of your country. And that's how a majority of Americans feel, quite frankly. We love this country. We have so much respect for all of the heroes who have died protecting this great country. And in Drew Brees' case, his family who have gone before him. Why should Drew Brees apologize for his love of this country and standing for the national anthem? Again, it goes back to listening here. For those who canceled Drew Brees to the point where, I mean, he was under a lot of heat from not only Twitter, but also from... A lot of folks in and around the National Football League, teammates, black teammates, you know, they, they wrote him off. But again, listening has to be a two-way street here. Colin Kaepernick, who, by the way, we rarely hear from. When's the last time we heard Colin Kaepernick speak? During his workout last year? That, that's about it. But Colin Kaepernick, look, if you want to tell me the reason why you, start, you, you were one of the, 
the people who started this this kneeling thing for the anthem, that's fine. I will listen. I may not agree with the action, but I'll listen to your grievances with this country. I want to make it. I'm one of those people that, you know, I, I do this in my family too. I just want to make everything right, and I want I want to make everything right immediately. And I know that's impossible to do now. Absolutely impossible. Like like Colin, you you got to listen to me too. It, this has to be a two way street. Listen to my story. Don't cancel me out. Don't cancel Drew Brees. So I know I kind of got off on a tangent about the the national anthem. We're living in unprecedented times, man. Unprecedented times. The death of George Floyd, horrific, horrible. Absolutely no question about that. For that officer to lean on his neck with his knee for for nearly nine minutes, just absolutely horrific. You're dealing with that. You're dealing with a pandemic on top of that. You're dealing with protests and rioting. And, and again, we'll get to all that in, in future pods. But we have one shot, folks. We've got one shot of this grand experiment. That's it. One shot of this grand experiment of the United States of America. One chance to preserve what I believe is the greatest nation the world has ever seen. But to me, it's all about less canceling and more listening and understanding one another. Again, thanks for listening. There is nothing like hitting the ground running with a very hard-hitting topic, and we'll do it again next time. Thanks so much for listening to the Inez Says Podcast.